0: owner's best friend. And it all has to do with you. Thanks for tuning in. It's Rosie on the House, your weekend wake-up tradition. Inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow.
1: Come on around back, Arizona. It is Saturday morning, 8 o'clock, the outdoor living hour of Rosie on the House. And if you're following along in the home maintenance calendar, you know we were talking about Fall garden prep today and we will uh, but we'll also talk about what you, the Arizona homeowner, want to talk about your landscape or gardening. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you. Text questions can be sent to four one one nine two three. Or you can email us info at rosyonthehouse dot com if you need to snap a picture and send us uh, for plant or insect identification. You can send it there. But I think before we get to fall garden prep with Jay Harper of the Farms Choice, we got to talk about this rain. <laughs>
2: well, you have to be able to find your garden through, a, through the <laughs> undergrowth of weeds. <laughs> We're, where did that? Where is that garden out there somewhere?
0: My, <laughs> well, my neighbor a, didn't pre-emerge, so I bought him a goat. We named it Nebuchadnezzar.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Nebuchadnezzar.
2: <laughs> yeah, you could you could fatten up some, some <laughs> livestock in, in the urban oh, uh, corridors know. these days. Right now, some of that looks like it looks like winter, it looks like a February or March. From the it the does. weed and grass growth in vacant lots and some some houses not not post monsoon or monsoon growth I mean it is holy cow it's amazing and <laughs> it? everybody's setting records and, and you know it uh Romy and I were chatting yesterday, and there's you know there's an old saying about you know uh, Wisconsin always getting snow before the opening of deer season because there's a million hunters praying for it. And uh, I think we, we had so many people praying for rain in, in Arizona. Well, we 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 found out what happens when you get that many people praying for rain. We, we got it.
1: <laughs> Record-setting uh, season. I had somebody ask me this week. He's like, "Do you ever remember a monsoon like this?" I'm like, "Well, according to the reports I'm reading, it's the wettest monsoon ever recorded." and wetter than the last two seasons combined. So no, I don't ever remember it cuz we've never had one like this before in the history of record keeping.
2: Yeah, you know, it's it it it's a little akin to the old days, Rosie, you know, we we remember, you know, in the 60s and 70s, you, you every night there'd be a storm. You didn't yeah. always get rain, but you could see it off in the distance and it was hitting somewhere and it was literally just almost every night. And uh it's it's kind of like that although we've had some some pretty pretty amazing rainfall uh occurrences and the thing that's different it seems like this year is a lot of them have been right in the middle in the middle of the night not that kind of late afternoon early evening deal you know two in the morning kind of thing that's true yeah i don't remember i don't remember as much of that but uh uh, I would guess your roofers are probably happy, too.
0: Oh, I mean, they sit out on their patio in the evening with their families. I mean, that's just like coins falling on the roof. Yeah. <laughs> Every time it rains, it Every, rains pennies I mean, from heaven. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, that's just like money from heaven, it is. And, uh, boy, we've had our share. We're going to have one of our roofers in later today talk about the art of tarping. <laughs>
2: if if you can find a tarp,
0: I, I know it, it, you 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 have a better chance of finding a tarp than you have of finding a roofer right now. That's for sure.
2: That's
1: <laughs> and with all that moisture in our soil, and if you do have a bunch of weeds in your garden area, you know this is a a uh, much easier, nicer digging condition than we've had the last few seed planting seasons
2: absolutely you know so you've got good ground moisture which makes it easier to pull the weeds or turn the soil over so it it is time though if you're you know contemplating the fall garden uh, you know once you get the weeds under control get start working that soil getting some organic material some mulch compost that kind of stuff worked into the ground uh you know in advance of of planting here you know in in you know labor day's what just 2 weeks away so that's always, you know, been, the, you know, there's some things you can start from seed now, but once we roll into September, the list of, of uh, cool season vegetables that we can grow just, you know, grows exponentially. So, and this just might, fingers crossed, might be one of those years, the way it's kind of gone. Maybe we'll have a, we're having an old-fashioned monsoon. Maybe we'll have an old-fashioned fall. It'll actually begin about the middle of September this year. So,
1: Instead there's always is- hope instead of holding out for halloween
2: <laughs> yeah or thanksgiving <laughs> yeah so you know let the, and maybe with the, the moisture and the atmosphere we're we're going to be there i don't know but uh, certainly even even without that even if it's kind of our typical mid to late october before it really gets nice you still want to get things ready to plant and be planting so you can take advantage of that you know it's the it's the combination of the warm soil and the cooling nights that lets plants recover that make fall such a great time to plant everything. Tree shrubs, vines, and of course, you know, it's our biggest, longest vegetable gardening season, you know, here in the desert.
1: I didn't check the temperature when I left, but when I walked outside this morning, there, there was a slight hint of a chill. And it was just, oh, it, it, it sent goosebumps down my, my spine.
2: Well, there you go. I, I, I'm sitting here on the on the deck of the cabin at in Christopher Creek. I won't tell you what it was this morning here. <laughs> <laughs> I got a sweatshirt on. <laughs> Beautiful
1: and records. You were saying you guys up some areas of the White Mountains got 17
2: inches. We had 17 in Christopher Creek. I don't know what the White Mountains been. I heard Mount Lemon is over two feet. Two feet. Wow. That is, yeah.
1: Well, like you said, what, what happens when everyone prays? It, it was answered, and we got a.
2: So I don't. <laughs> I don't think I can ever remember anybody measuring rain in Arizona in feet,
1: right? <laughs> in, in one
2: season. Yeah. <laughs> oh so, well, uh,
1: it was well needed, well deserved, and we've got our chores cut out for us. I've. Your Rosie was mentioning his neighbor didn't pre-emerge. I've got. A few properties around ours that are snowbirds, and so there hasn't been anything that's touched. And you know they're they're going to get here and have a you know <laughs> chores cut out for them. Uh, they're going to have to whack their way to their front door.
2: <laughs> We're going to have to start a firewise program in the in the neighborhoods. Huh?
1: Get it. Get everything.
2: <laughs>
0: get the grazing before the blazing. <laughs>
2: Now, yeah, exactly. now,
0: one of the dilemmas is when your neighbor doesn't pre-emerge mm-hmm. or doesn't mm-hmm. stay on top of it, it impacts you. Yeah,
2: Some absolutely. of the people,
0: John, won't apply the pre-emergent uh, because they've got uh, chickens they're, they're uh, you know, harvesting the eggs from or they've got a desert uh-huh. tortoise. I mean, can we talk a little bit about the toxicity of pre-emergent?
2: You know, it's pretty. It's pretty safe. Um, and, and if you had uh, pets, or you know, uh, grazing chickens, or a tortoise, you know, then you, what you might want to consider is using the the liquid versions rather than the granules. So there's no granules there for them to pick up. And just make sure you water it in good immediately. Uh, there would be very little, if any. Uh, Chance for them to be able to pick up enough or of any of that, I guess unless they're eating the rocks <laughs>
1: <laughs> we um we got <clears throat> so overrun a couple years ago that uh, I man and I I mean it took us two months to finally get everything back under control and we we did everything we had uh I went and got a a bush hog for the tractor. Um, there are some areas, you know, underneath trees you can't get there with. So I got mm-hmm. a big old sickle. Uh, those are fabulous <laughs> tools. I, I was quite impressed with how Looks efficient they like the they grim, were. grim Reaper. Out there. You, you did, and
2: you know, <laughs>
1: you just cut it and you rake it into the wheelbarrow and just dump it into the, uh, yeah. In, in the
2: yeah. yeah, and with the steers
1: and they compost it uh, quite efficiently for mm-hmm. you. Um, There's and then I but. The biggest thing I, asset tool wise, was we spent a few hundred dollars at a tractor supply and got a spray tank, and then you got to go get a battery for it <laughs> yeah. that you tow behind the quad, okay.
2: and yeah,
1: you know every every week in the last four weeks it's thirty gallons. I've I fill it up and just go do some spot treatment around. Uh, you know it, it's hard to to pre emerge five acres with a 30 gallon tank so we just do some spot treatment as things come up but every single weekend I've been out there and you know there's more I'm going to have to do this weekend and get on the bush hog to get into the orchard but the amount of work that has saved us you know that 30 gallons once a weekend made me take a half hour as opposed to the two months it took us (laughs) to clean up when it when it got out of hand
2: so if you're going back to the people that might have concern with pets, one one of the things I suggest with people when they're trying to start a lawn, so you're you're seeding your rye grass lawn and the and the here coming up or whatever, and you've got dogs or you know whatever is, you know just you know if you can confine them to one section of the yard, do it do it in sections, um, you know or build a little temporary a pen or enclosure for. Uh, the critters until you get that up and established but you, you don't have to do the whole yard at one time you could do it over the course of a, a month or so and that would allow you then to incorporate that material or get it watered in good so there was no residue there for them to to be able to ingest or inhale or you know whatever the concern might be um, And i guess I, I guess if you had enough desert tortoises you know <laughs> they could just stay on top of it anyway but it would take a lot of them
0: and i found for my desert landscaping, I really need to pre-emerge twice a year. I think I'm going to need to do it three times this year.
2: Maybe. Yeah, maybe.
0: Okay.
2: Um, and, and you were mentioning, you know, the neighbors. So, you know, so all that stuff that doesn't get controlled, you know, is going to produce a seed here pretty quick. And all that seed is going to blow, you know, wherever the wind carries it or the birds carry it or you know, however it's going to get transported. So, um, you know, it is affecting more than just them. And, of course, you know, there's the visual look, and then it's all going to dry up and die. And then it's really going to be, you know, while it's green, it's not so bad to look at. But then when it gets dead and dried out, and then that's the other part of not using a pre-emergent, is even if you now go in and spray it and kill it, you've got then a bunch of dead, tall, tall, some, in some cases, you know, there's, there's some pigweed in places that's three and four feet tall, and they've got, you know, they've got stems on it that are two inches in diameter at the base. So it's, it's a chore, um, whether it's green or dead or whatever, to get rid of. It's a whole lot easier and less impactful on everybody, I think, if you can try and prevent it.
1: And then if you're not doing a pre-emergent, but you're doing a, uh, you know, like you're spraying a weed killer, the smaller the plant, the less chemical you need to use. So it's you know much get get out and ahead get out ahead of this one, I guess is the point we're driving home. So what happens when it rains cats and dogs? you You want the answer? Y- you know. <laughs> You step into a
0: poodle? Very yeah. good.
2: <laughs> I see what you did there.
1: <laughs> that was a uh, uh, compliments of the old farmer's almanac email that came out this morning. Uh, that's but good. Also that's tells cool. us it's 32 days from autumn, which is why we're our topic set for today in our home maintenance calendar is fall garden prep. And we've... Been talking about weeds mainly in the first one, just because we have an abundant amount of those first, and getting on top of that before we start to uh, get into our garden. But what can we be doing right now? Is it you? Know, I know we've posted the Harper's uh, recipe for garden prep, if in an old-fashioned—I uh, mean, not old-fashioned, but in, in a ground style. If you're not doing a container garden or above ground, where you're just adding. Uh, bagged soil and compost, but if we're working and tilling uh raw ground, we've got that on our website on the quick links uh is it is it too early to start that process not
2: at all not at all what what I recommend just just to save your back and your 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 blisters um is just start take take a couple three weekends now and give it, a, give it a half an hour or an hour. Go out there right now, and, you know, if there, if, if it's a brand-new plot of ground, there hasn't been a thing done to it. Obviously, you know, if you've got the weeds out of the way or maybe you, you don't have any weeds, just just turn the soil over. Take your spade or shovel out there and, you know, go down the depth of, you know, the so the blade of the shovel goes all the way in, and just turn it over. Let's do that this weekend. And next weekend, let's get some compost. You know, if you're following the the recipe or whatever, you know, get, get you know, enough good composted material. Dump that on and turn that in. And, and maybe while you're doing it, throw a little gypsum in. And then maybe next weekend, you just kind of do that again. Just, just maybe add a little more compost, a little, you know, a little more gypsum. And then maybe, so two weeks from now, the third weekend you're doing this, and you could do it you know in a half an hour an hour you could be doing this after work it's still you know light long enough to do that and you know add a little all purpose organic fertilizer um, that third time and then by then you're you know you're into september and and uh, you're ready to then create your rows or furrows or you know rake out the you know the clotted stuff or the stuff that won't break up or the rocks and level it out and you're you're ready to plant so if you do this over a couple three weeks makes it just a lot less like work and and you're probably going to do a more thorough job if you'll turn that first time just turn it break it up second time add your compost third time add your uh, your nutrients your all-purpose organic fertilizer and then you're ready to plant, boom, and your timing is perfect.
1: And you had mentioned fall is our longest growing season, and there's a, a huge number of plants that we could be growing. What, uh, what's that so list anything, look like?
2: Yeah, it, that list is it's just easier to kind of just give you the descriptives of what you're growing for a fall. So cool season vegetables in the desert are going to be anything that, that you eat the root of, you know, the leaf of, or maybe a modified kind of stem or flower of. So root crops obviously are carrots, beets, turnips, radishes, you know, on and on and on, right? Leafy things like lettuces and spinach and chard and uh, arugula and um, everybody's favorite kale, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, and and there's a longer list of you know all kinds of different varieties of those, and then you know cauliflower, cabbage, broccoli, Brussels sprouts um, are 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 amongst those too. So it's a it's a lot of different things. Pretty much everything but tomatoes and peppers. Um, <laughs> if if you want to just narrow something out and just say hey, you can't really do tomatoes and peppers. In the winter, you could you can a lot of people will sneak those in, you know, as kind of a fall, late summer, fall second season, warm season deal. But by and large, it's it's root crops, leaf crops, you know, the modified stem flower crops.
1: And if I'm doing a
2: long list of stuff,
1: if I'm doing them from seed, do I start now?
2: Yeah, yeah, in some cases, for for sure, you could you could start seeds in in little transplant trays and then transplant them in the garden in a couple three weeks if you're going to sow them directly into the soil into the ground yeah you obviously if your ground is ready you could but I, I'd probably wait another couple weeks.
1: Talking fall garden prep with Jay Harper of The Farm's Choice. If you'd like to join the conversation, one 767 4348 That's one rosie for you. Text questions can be sent to 411-923, or you can email us, info at rosieonthehouse.com. If you need to snap a picture and send it to us for plant or insect identification, we'll do the best we can to uh, help you that way. Whatever works for you, we are here for you, the Arizona homeowner. And Jay's joining us this morning from his family cabin up at Christopher Creek. What? Uh, not not really the the right elevation for a lot of growing vegetable gardens.
2: Yeah, Christopher Creek. Yeah. I... Well, summer summer garden. You, yeah, you can go beautiful summer summer garden here because it's you know it's warmer a little bit warmer than Flagstaff, so you get a little longer season so yeah you you know our problem here is we're just not here enough to
1: (laughs) your your morning visitors you sent us a picture of would uh uh, happily uh take care of that garden (laughs) is
2: the people that do have gardens here in the area have very tall fences (laughs) very tall wire mesh fences to keep uh to keep the furry friends out. Yes.
1: <laughs> what? Uh, as we're getting ready for our prep, we've talked through soil prep, and you are mentioning we could probably hang off a little bit on uh, starting from seed. But I know you're a big uh, proponent of you know the, the the starter plants from the nurseries that they sell in, in little individual trays, uh, flats. You you have a lot better gardening success than starting from seed.
2: Well, it it depends on, you know, what you're, what you're planting and how many of them you're going to plant. So there are things, obviously, from seed, most of your root crops, like carrots, beets, turnips, radishes, and you can start those right in the ground. You don't have to start them in a starter tray indoors or anything else when the time is right and the soil is right. You know, you can just you know create a little a little trench with your finger the soil should be loose enough by the way that you should just be able to stick your hand in and dig a hole but just take a you know your your finger or a you know the handle of your trowel and make a little a little trench and sprinkle your seeds in there and then you know fluff that soil back over them and keep it moist and 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 you don't you don't want to to buy transplants or start those then then the Key on some of that stuff, especially the root crops, is you need to get in and thin them. You don't want to let every one of those come up, or they'll be too be too close together, and they won't get very big, or they'll be misshapen. Another little trick you can do to to kind of seed use to separate your seeds so you don't have to thin as much or maybe at all is take the seed and and get a get a big mason jar and. Put the seed in there, but then put some like potting soil or something in there, and mix mix that all together. Shake it up good so that the seed is mixed in with the the mulch or potting soil, and then you can sprinkle that down your little trench. And that soil will act as a as a kind of a carrying agent. It will just separate that hmm. seed for you. Um, and- so that's a good little trick on if you're direct sowing, direct sowing seed into the ground to get the seed separated uh, so that you don't have to do as much or maybe even any thinning once that seed seed comes up. As far as transplants, you know, so things that, you know, like like, let's, even though it's the wrong time, your tomatoes is a good example for that. If you're going to sow a packet of tomato seeds, you can end up with hundreds of tomato plants where, you know, depending on your family size, you know, 4 5 6 maybe 10 or 12 even tomato plants is going to give you gobs of tomatoes peppers the same way so i'm i'm kind of more of an advocate of you know buy the starts on those um, you know but things things like spinach or lettuces or those types of things where you might you know you're going to harvest on those all season long and and you can do multiple crops of those too by the way so you can sow you know, one little row or one little patch of some of those leafy things and, and then, you know, in a month maybe do it again and then maybe in a month you can do it three or four times. It's a long season for the leafy green stuff. Well you're so you're you're all coming on at one time.
0: You're on to something there, John Jay and I know it makes you very nervous when I come on and want to give gardening tips. But I'll tell you I did learn something in my garden last year. Yes, I got man. a package of lettuce seeds that were called spring variety it was like four different types of lettuce in one package yeah Mm -hmm. then i just planted them on a seven foot row and when they came in i would just go out to the garden every night with a pair of scissors and i would cut about three inches above the dirt line two big old handfuls bring it inside and wash it and by the time Jennifer and I got to the end of the 7 foot row I could just go right back and start all over again I mean it was a it was a full yeah, yeah. winter of fresh lettuce of, it was it was butter lettuce red leaf lettuce the iceberg and it was my favorite salad but so the one easy gardening tip is boy if I can find that package of mixed lettuce seeds again There's no doubt that's the way I'm going to do it because, like you say, you can harvest off that plant all winter long.
2: Yeah, so don't pull them up; just cut them off and let them come back. And uh, yeah, those mixes, those spring mixes, those you know lettuce mixes. Not only that, they're pretty. They are in the garden when you've got all that color and and uh, you know that's another thing. People, you don't have to plant just flowers in your garden. If you want to attract pollinators, plant a few or uh, vegetables, plant a few flowers in there or some herbs and let them go to flower or different things to have kind of some variety and mixture, and, and it will also attract, you know, those, those bees and hummingbirds and different things to your garden that will help pollinate it as well. So, you know, a, a little variety and a little color and texture in your garden, you know, makes it look more interesting as well as, you know, harvesting food out of it.
1: And uh, when you were talking about the the need to thin, and I'm a horrible thinner, whether it comes to (laughs) something in the row or thinning the apples and the peaches off the trees. uh,
2: I'll take it to interrupt you. We we had a county uh, extension agent years ago, uh, Lowell True was his name. And when it came to fruit trees and thinning, he said you ought to bring your neighbor or a somebody over and do it for you because they won't care as much as you will and they'll 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 take more off you won't take enough yourself
1: <laughs> no and, and i never do but why why do they on the back of the seed plant tell you to put one every two inches and then come back and take them out why don't i just plant them every four inches or six inches and
2: not have to worry about thinning them well two 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 reasons number one it's it's if you've looked at a lot of these seeds they are dinky, they are tiny little things you try and you try and sow one even every two inches. I don't know how you do that you know unless you you know you do the little trick with uh you know adding some soil to it and getting some separation between those seeds. I challenge anybody to try and plant out of a packet of seed one seed every two inches <laughs> and 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 then the other thing is, you know, you, they're not all going li- to they're not all going to germinate and sprout. So if I if I if I plant just to this specific spacing that I want, and then if a couple three of those don't make it, now I'm a foot apart or or eighteen inches apart. You know, so you want to you want to plant you know, kind of taking some failure into consideration uh, as well, and then. You know the worst case scenario is if they all germinate, I'm going to have to thin. Well, that's a good problem to have. Uh, the other thing that's kind of cool on some of those, if you can find it, I, I haven't seen as much of it lately. But you used to be able to buy, especially the root crops, carrots and beets and things like that, on what was called a tape. So the seed company had gone in and taken seeds, and they were, and they were, for lack of a better word, they were glued to this biodegradable paper tape. So you put your little trench in, and then you just laid that paper tape in the trench and then filled it over. And so those seeds were already pre-spaced for you as well. Those are really slick if you can find, especially if you're gonna grow you know, carrots or radishes or beets or things like that. If you can find it on seed tape, man, do it. It's, a, it's wonderful.
1: Seed tape. I like that. You, so yeah, it's, it's just on, it's,
2: on a, it's on a tape. It's on a paper, uh, for lack of a, a better thing, like a piece of of uh, sticky tape. And they've just taken that seed and pre pre spaced it, and it's on those. And you just boom. You don't have to do a thing to it. <laughs> well, one I'm for, one you, more as you way. Can tell, I'm for... I'm for making it as easy as you can. When, if it's easy to do and you're going to be more successful, then you're going to be more apt to, to, uh, to repeat.
0: Just looking it's it up hard. real quick here. It looks like every brand still has that. So you can all find it. I'm, I'm on it. Good,
2: good. Yeah, do it.
1: So seed tape, one more way that you yep. can help, uh, gardening success. And, uh, I'm assuming you'd still have to thin on that as well. I don't know how far they're spacing those seeds on the tape, but
2: well, not too much. Not too much, actually. That's the whole point: is they're kind of pre pre spaced about how they should be. So, in most cases, you wouldn't have to do any thinning either. It's you know, it's that's the beauty of it.
0: Now, what's what's the real secret of growing uh, Vidalia or sweet onions or carrots? I've given up on them. Because, I mean, I, I, I grow the ugliest, deformed, r- crazy-looking carrots you could ever imagine. <laughs> they look like pretzel carrots, so I quit growing them. And I can never get my onions bigger than a ping pong ball.
2: Do okay, I, so do you have to grow them in um, sponges or something. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to grow a big, you know, a, a big Vidalia type or slicing onion, um, you want to buy a short day onion. Um, you and, and it used to be, um, you know, I haven't looked at seed packets in a while, but it, you know, the, the kind of the date dating would be on this. So a like a Texas Grano 10, uh, 15, something odd, whatever it is, is going to be a, you know, an October planting, uh, onion. Um, so you want to buy a short day onion and plant them from seed, Um, our, uh, our onion sets, the little bulbs that you might buy in the nursery to grow onions, those grow a much better green onion, uh, you know, or an onion that you're just going to use the tops of, um, but you can, if you plant those, uh, early enough, and again, you thin them out as you're using the green onions and leave one every, you know, maybe 10 or 12 inches. They'll make a they'll make a you know a good big dry onion. Um, the key to to anything root crops to having good looking or sizable is is very loose soil. You know just out there uh, you know east of the 101 you know R- Rousseaus grow um, you know beautiful carrots. But you've got to have deep loose. Soil for those roots to be able to grow easily and down, and and thinning them again is also very important. If carrots are too crowded or onions are too crowded, you know, especially carrots, you'll get some really weird looking things. Although, I, you know, they still taste good. Um, <laughs> well, you know, they're nothing, you know. Yeah. they if you have they bought do. carrots in the yeah. grocery store and yeah. t- and then, or pulled one out right out of the ground, and they're they're just like eating candy, you know. Especially if you pick them a little bit small and and they're and they're tender, so don't give up. Just maybe create a space, or grow your you know your carrots in a in a raised box that's you know a little deeper, ten or twelve inches deep, in good raised loose sandy mix soil mix kind of potting soil mix, and and thin them good. You'll you'll grow some nice carrots. <laughs>
1: Our fall garden prep has all been about vegetable gardening, but now is a great time to plant just about anything and everything, and uh, we've got uh, what, there's virtually nothing we really can't plant outside of, you know, our garden. You said anything but tomatoes and peppers, but we're coming to trees and shrubs. I mean, there's nothing you couldn't plant right now.
2: Well, so fall planting, even though, you know, technically we're not exactly into fall, but um, It's like gaining an extra year almost. So when you plant something uh, in the fall and and the, the soil is still warm, it's like an incubator for those roots. And the air temperatures are cooling and the nights are getting longer and cooling. So you don't have near the stress from transpiration, from moisture loss from these plants. So they get rooted and they and their their tops you know are not stressing for water as much and once those roots get established and it, then it does cool off next spring that plant's already rooted so when the when the growing temperatures start hitting again it doesn't have to try and establish roots like a plant just planted in March or April might it's already it's already rooted like it had been there a year and so you get this explosion of growth Um, on the top. So it's just a, it's a great combination uh, to take advantage of. Um, And it's just a lot, you know, the success rate is better. You're going into cooler weather, you know, you don't have to worry about when's that first hundred degree, degree day going to come and how much do I have to water them? And you still got to water them plenty to get them established, but it, it gets less and less of a chore as, uh, and less and less risky as the nights get longer and cooler and the days get shorter and cooler. So just, to you know, yeah, trees, shrubs, vines, really fall. As if you couldn't encourage people enough, that's, that's the best time to do it.
1: And this is also, we're not getting quite into the lawn garden transition yet, but uh, I know we're getting closer because the Bermuda lawn, I'm not having to mow every three or four days. You can go seven, eight, nine days before you need to, Uh, grow so you can tell it's it's definitely slowing down its growing cycle and we're going to be close to the time if you're going to have a rye winter lawn to start making that transition should i cut back watering the bermuda should i go ahead and kill the water altogether
2: well certainly not yet i mean you know it's you know latter third of august it's you know we're still going to get some hundred degree plus days right in through september so I wouldn't cut back on the watering on Bermuda till till maybe a week or so before maybe two weeks before you're getting ready to scalp you know the 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 cutting back of the of the water on the Bermuda really is more just to make it easier to to scalp than it is to try and slow the the bermuda down then you know mother nature's gonna do that just the shortening of the days and the cooling of the nights is gonna is gonna slow the growth of the Bermuda down so Drying it up is more just a, you know, it's a lot easier to scalp dry grass than it is wet wet grass. So we're a little ways off. We're right at that kind of threshold right now. Is if, if if you're not going to plant a winter lawn, um, you know, you probably ought to uh, fertilize your, your Bermuda one more time about now, late August, even early September, because we want to get it to grow, you know, as long, be as healthy as we can, as late into the, into the winter as we can or late fall
1: give it some extra nutrients
2: to to store up for the dormant season so it we've got a better earlier yeah if you're gonna do uh, overseed with the winter lawn then you probably don't want to push the grass any any harder than you know or make it grow any more. we would do want it to slow down some so um you know if they're, I don't think Bermuda grass lawns can probably look any better than they than they do all year long than than you know usually mid to late August into September because we've had you know monsoons and moisture and humidity and shorter days and you know they may not be growing as fast but man they they sure get pretty and then we go and scalp them. <laughs> so
1: the the whole desert yeah. is just pretty this time of year. The when we get rain, it's it's instant. It's oh, just that the, the, the Shade of green changes instantly, and there's just something so pretty about that. The, the a, a nice wet well, you, desert that, yeah, if you've got our home maintenance calendar, that picture in August, I think, should be you know, I mean, that, that's just the perfect Arizona desert storm picture. Jay Harper, the farm's choice. Thanks for taking a little time out of your Saturday morning, even when you're yeah. away at the family cabin in Christopher Creek.
2: Always fun. Have a good weekend, fellas. You too. We've
1: got a Diamondback tickets we're giving away for the best monsoon photograph. If you've got a picture of this year's monsoon, email it, info at rosieonthehouse.com.